Well, hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode 94 and session number 24 of Ask Scott. This is where I answer your questions that you submit via email or voicemail, rather. And uh, I actually feel as though we're sitting down across the table from each other. Now, if you guys have been listening for a while, you guys know I love that atmosphere. I recently did uh, a meetup in Texas where we had just about 40 people show up, which was amazing. And I just, I never realized how awesome it is to be able to sit across the table from someone and look at each other and you can see, you know, the emotion, but you can see just everything. It just, it means a lot. So this is like the closest thing that I can do on a regular basis. Actually, Periscope has become more of that now. So if you guys have not joined me on Periscope, you can find me on periscope.tv and search at Scott Volker, and you'll find me there. But uh, yeah, I, I just love doing this stuff. I actually recently, too, just got back from North and South Carolina. I was doing a little uh, house hunting there for next year, and uh, I had someone reach out to me there, wanted to do a little meetup there, and I did it, and it was about five of us sitting around a table and uh, doing exactly what I like doing, and that is just interacting with you guys. So keep the questions coming. If you guys have a question that you want featured on the show, you can head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash Ask. And if you guys want to actually see that meetup, I actually did a periscope of the meetup that I recently did uh, with those four individuals where we met in a coffee shop. And I'll actually link that up in the show notes to this particular episode. And that is theamazingseller.com forward slash 94. And I'll, uh, I'll include that, uh, that little meetup that we had there. It was really, really cool. So, um, yeah, so today what I'm going to do is answer your questions, like I just said. So I love doing this. So let's go ahead and let's just dive in. Let's listen to the first question and I'll go ahead and I'll give you my answer. Hey, Scott. Um, my name's Nick. I'm from Miami. Um, I just want to say thank you for your podcast. Um, this is the first time I've ever heard something that gave me enough confidence to feel like I know what to do and actually go forward with it. Um, but I had a question that I haven't heard answered yet. I'm on podcast 44. I've been launched for about two weeks. Um, you know, I took your suggestions um, to the T, basically. I launched um, a promotion and I got some reviews. I started running PPC. Um, after about a few days of being launched, I got my first three sales. Um, but ever since then, my sales have just been very slow. Um, maybe one every other day. I just did another promotion. Um, my top competitor has 4,000 reviews. Under him, anywhere from 50 to 500. Um, now, what is a slow start? What do most people start with? Um, is this normal to be getting just a few sales a week? Um, what should I be looking at? Um, I am running PPC. Um, any key factors I might have missed, I would really love if you can uh, shed some light on those. Thank you. Hey, Nick from Miami. Thank you so much for the question. And uh, yeah, it's a that's a kind of a tough question because uh, it's kind of hard to see all of the components and the moving parts. But let me just kind of give you my first take on this. My first take is this. You're, you're submitting this question in the summer. So in the summertime, normally e-commerce, Amazon, any eBay, any of those sites, 
or just online traffic in general is generally down. Uh, and that's just the way it's been for years. If you do any Google trending, you can kind of see that. So that's the first thought is traffic is is definitely down right now, but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't have any sales. Now you did everything right. Like you said, and you kind of came out of the gate, like really going strong. And then all of a sudden you kind of dwindled to where you're only doing like one sale every other day. Okay. But Hey, at least you're making a sale every other day. That's something you said you're doing some pay-per-click. And again, like I said, I can't look at all of your, all of your data because I don't have it in front of me, but you know, I would be looking at the Amazon pay-per-click and I would be looking at the impressions, making sure that I'm getting the impressions. If I'm not getting the impressions, then I have to look at, uh, you know, my bids, my cost per, my cost per bids. Uh, you know, am I, am I bidding enough? Is that why I'm not getting the, the right amount of traffic or am I getting the traffic, but I'm not getting any clicks or if I'm getting the clicks, and I'm not getting any sales. Is it because I don't have enough reviews? So that leads me to my next thing. I'm thinking to myself, you just said that, you know, your competitor has like 4,000 reviews and the other ones have 500 and, and so on. Well, I would ask two questions. Number one, how deep is your market? So normally when you were researching this in the beginning, did you notice that after the first, you know, competitor, did you see that, you know, after that, that the sales were still pretty good? Like, were they at least 10 sales a day, you know, maybe eight or nine deep, or was it just the top three? Because that makes a huge difference. Because if you don't have the depth in the market, especially when the market starts to get slow, a lot of people are going to go to the number one because there's not as as much traffic. So they're going to all kind of like be kind of like seeing that one that has 4,000 reviews. And that's like my one thought here is like, man, to go up against someone with 4,000 reviews is kind of, you know, is brave. But in the same breath, if you had depth in the market and your competitor that has maybe 300 reviews is still getting 10 or 15 sales a day, well, then that to me is a good sign that if you just get a few more reviews, you'll probably be able to compete with that particular seller. So those are kind of like my initial thoughts. I know I can't give you like a direct answer, like fix this, fix that. But those are the first things that I would look at and that I started questioning as I was listening to your question, uh, because reviews, having reviews are important, but they're more important when you're going up against someone that has thousands of reviews or even hundreds of reviews and you only have like 10 or 15 or 20. So that's what I would work on. It's probably more of a conversion thing more than it is, you know, do you have a good product? And so when people look at your listing and they see someone has 4,000 reviews and someone has 25 reviews, most people are going to probably take the one that has the higher review count because it's social proof that people have purchased it. And for the most part, they're happy with it. So I would look at pay-per-click. I would see if you're getting the impressions still for the traffic. If you're not, I would try to expand that out. I would try to broaden my keyword reach. Um, I would test and play around with that stuff until I seen that I was at least getting some traffic. And then if I wasn't getting the clicks, then I would have to look at my image. I would have to look at my title. I would look at my, you know, my bullets. I would look at all of that stuff to see why I'm not getting clicks, well, the clicks actually would be more of title and image. And then after they went in, I would look at the conversion aspects of it as far as like, why aren't they buying? Well, is it my reviews? Is it my title? Is it, you know, my benefits? Is it my description? All of those things. Um, so then I would start looking at those, you know, all of those elements. So I, I hope this has helped. I hope this has helped anyone else in this you know, position, don't give up. Don't sit there and think that you don't have a product that's going to sell. You just might have to really massage it a little bit and kind of figure out what it's going to take to get you to 10 sales a day to kind of get the ball rolling. I don't necessarily think the answer is to keep doing blast after blast unless you're trying to get your review count up so you can kind of 
you know, kind of compete with the with the one that's taken all the sales. And in that case, like I said, that's that's a really tough uh, place to be because that person is probably going to take a majority of the sales regardless, unless you have depth in the market. The other thing to remember is, you know, summer is almost over. Once you know September hits and in October, that's when sales will start to really pick up, and we all should start seeing more traffic. And then that will also even just give you more data because your pay per click will probably even go up. Um, as far as like how many impressions you're seeing because the traffic will be there. So I, I hope this helps. I hope this makes sense. Good luck to you. Keep me posted and uh, hopefully we can do a follow-up and see what you've done and, and you know how it's either improved it or how, how it hasn't done anything. I mean, I, I hope it's going to improve it. So keep me posted. Let's go ahead and listen to the next question and I'll give you my answer. Hey, Scott, it's Jessica. I just, I think I have a podcast episode topic for you. I don't know if you would be interested in it, but I know a lot of people on the Facebook group are talking about it. I was wondering if maybe you could have some people on to talk about manufacturing from the U.S. and, uh, you know, the benefits and how they find them and things like that. Because I know there's Thomas Net and all those, but I'm just thinking, you know, maybe some people who think outside the box and have found their manufacturers a different way or how they network to find them, things like that. So uh, I don't know. Let me know what you think. All right. Thanks for everything, the content and all that. And uh, take care. Hey, Jessica, thanks so much for the question. And I know you didn't necessarily post this uh, with intentions of having an answer specifically to you, but maybe to the Facebook group, the TAS Facebook group. For those of you that are brand new that aren't part of that group, probably want to head over there. There's a lot of information over there, a lot of great people. Uh, that can be found at theamazingseller.com forward slash F is in Frank, B is in boy for Facebook. And uh, you can request to join that group, usually approved within a couple of hours. Uh, but yeah, it's got over 10,000 uh, members in there right now helping each other, which is really, really good. Um, my, I, I did want to answer this though, and I guess we probably should do an episode in the future once I have some more insights, I guess. And maybe anyone listening right now that might have some insights, reach out to me and possibly you can either give me that information or maybe we can have you on the show and we can discuss this because I know it is a pretty hot topic, but it's really, really kind of hard to go down that path unless, um, you know, you have some some insights or, or as far as maybe you're going into supplements, you can definitely find U.S. suppliers for that. But I don't think that's what you're asking. I think what you're asking is like manufacturing a product in the U.S. The problem with that also is it's going to be more expensive. As much as I would love to say, let's make everything in, in the U S you know, it's, it's hard because if you're, if you're going down this path to try to make some money, um, it's hard to beat those prices and then be able to manufacture it even at the quality that it comes. But I'm not saying it can't be done. I know there's people right now sourcing in the U S and, uh, like I said, if anyone is listening, that is sourcing in the U.S. and has had good experience, maybe you can just even give us some insights of how you you know, can find these people now or these places. Now, the one thing that you could do is obviously just search private label U.S. suppliers, something like that. Um, again, I think it comes down to really doing a lot of digging. It's not something that's going to come easy, and I think if it doesn't come easy, it's actually an advantage for you that do the extra work. You may want to reach out to wholesale companies and see if they have any private label opportunities. That's another thing that you could try. Again, you just have to be, I guess, 
thinking outside the box. How could you reach people that are in this, not in the Amazon business, but just in the product business that could possibly give you that connection? Because it really comes down to having a connection and then being able to sell that particular brand or branding it. Or you could even find a wholesale product that was kind of like on the, you know, kind of like it was on like the down low, right? Like where you, it wasn't really known out there as a main uh, supplier or whatever. And then maybe you could use that brand even to kind of just get yourself started with capital. Or maybe you could bundle something with something that you find US based and then connect it with something that you have made in China. That again would make you more unique. And then it would also make it harder for other people to be able to combine the two to make your specific product. So I know this wasn't like an exact like go here, go there type thing, but I hope it was helpful just to kind of get you to think outside the box and understand that if it was easy, everyone would be doing it and it wouldn't be as valuable. So I do believe there is US uh, suppliers out there that will do private labeling. It's just going to take some work. It's going to take some research and most people aren't going to do it. I'll be honest with you. They're not going to do it. So that's an advantage for you if you want to do the work, you know, put the work in and find that hidden source and then you'll have one leg up on everyone else. So I hope this has been helpful and I'll definitely, hopefully in the future, do an episode where we can kind of dig into this and maybe we can get some insights uh, from someone that has experienced this. So if again, if you are one of those people, reach out to me and uh, let me know and hopefully we can connect and uh, share that with the TAS community. All right, so let's go ahead and listen to one more question and I'll give you my answer. Hey, Scott. Hi. First of all, I would like to thank for amazing podcast. You could go over like we all see it that how everybody's enjoying your podcast. We really appreciate your help. Thank you. And I would like to ask you about listing a product on Amazon. On the listing page, on the keyword, under the tab from keywords, there's a few other like everybody knows to fill out the search terms. I would like to know about the target audience and the subject matter and the internet use on the page if it's how if it is and how important it is to fill it out thank you well okay thank you so much for the question i don't have your first name or i'd give you a shout out but i want to thank you for that question so appreciate it uh it's a great question too by the way because i just recently did an episode with uh, a woman by the name of karen faxton who talked all about you know kind of keyword you know, backend type stuff as far as like, you know, how important it is in the title, how important it is, you know, in, in, in all of the different places that you could put keywords and where it's most important and kind of like all that good stuff. And I, I have to say that she, you know, she touched on this, but she did talk about the importance of really having, you know, having that stuff in place. So that episode can be found at theamazingseller.com forward slash 86. And it's really about optimizing your listing for more sales. And she talks all about that, even about copywriting and just all of that stuff. So it's really, really good stuff. You may even need to reach out to her for this exact answer, whether she has that or not, I don't know. My thoughts on this particular question is that I think it it could help a little, but I don't think it's the the one thing that's going to get you found. Um, I just think it's another place that you that you should be, you know, trying to you know optimize it the best as possible. So if you're selling something that, and for those of you that are listening that aren't really sure what we're talking about, if you go in the back end of your seller's central account in your listing, so each listing has this, it will have fields where you can type in your search terms. And this is where Karen was saying like the most, the biggest mistake that people are making is they're putting in like 
redundant. They're, they're doing things like repetitively over and over and over again, and it's wasting that space. So for example, if you were to put in garlic press, you only need to put that in once. If you if you have a garlic press with a black handle, you don't have to put in garlic press, black handle, garlic press, red handle, garlic press, purple handle, whatever, right? You don't have to do that. It's just like garlic press and then purple and then handle and then red and then maybe stainless steel, you know, so you only have to put it in there once. So that's just one thing there. We're not talking about that in for this this uh, question in this answer, but I did want to highlight that because it's very, very important that you understand that. Now, what you're talking about is there's another spot there that you can choose, I believe, up to five different like people that would be likely to search for this. So it could be a woman, it could be a man, it could be a teenager, it could be uh, a father, it could be a mother, it could, so all of those things. So if you have products that are, it could be a runner, it could be, there's all different ones. Obviously, Pick the ones that are closest to your product that you could potentially be using. Um, now, here's the other thing. If you have variations, and we talked about this uh, briefly with Karen, is if you have variations, that opens it up to where now you can even you can spread out all of your stuff amongst one listing. So if you have a, a, a variation, let's say you have two different variations. So you have a parent and a child. Well, your one listing for, let's say, the black one, you can list all of the keywords and all of these target audiences, if you will, uh, you know, for this one, you know, this, this one variation. Now you can do on the other variation that is connected underneath this listing, you can then do a completely different set of search terms and, you know, categories or people that were, that would be most likely to, you know, use this product or whatever. So now what you do is you get you know, double the benefits because everything is going to lead back to that one listing. I know that's not really what we were talking about here, but I thought it was worth mentioning because I think it's important to understand that variations can be very powerful. So that's my thoughts on that. Pick it as close as possible. I wouldn't sit there and and run kind of split tests and stuff. I don't think, I think I would more or less, if anything, focus on those keywords in the back end more so and testing those than I would worry about the audience necessarily. There's also a spot in there that if you do have other variations, um, you can put those ASIN numbers inside of that area. Like um, I, I believe it is like suggested items or um, you know related um, items or something like that, and then you would plug those in. If you go back there, you'll see it in the back end of the seller central account of that listing. And then it's, I think it's, I don't know where that's going to, you know, where that's going to show up or how that's going to benefit you, but why not fill it in? So any blanks in there that you can fill in is only going to make your listing more optimized. And that's what I would strongly recommend doing. So I hope this has helped a little bit. Um, I know it wasn't like a direct yes or no answer. I don't think anyone really knows for sure, but I think the best advice would be fill it out the best that you you can, the closest that you can to your target audience. All right, so we've got time for one more question. I'll go ahead, listen to that now. I'll go ahead and give you my answer. Hi, Scott. Uh, I'm Willie from Singapore, and thank you very much for making this uh, awesome podcast. I really appreciate them as I'm growing my Amazon business using your tips and tricks. Thank you very much. Uh, Just a quick question is that uh, I have a hot selling product that's selling on Amazon about 100 units a day and recently I have an uh, imitator that has exactly the same image as me and exactly the same listing with similar descriptions as me but the only difference is that the imitator has a different logo on the product but everything else is the same even the packaging so worst part is that the imitator is taking away quite a number of sales from me so 
should I patent my hot selling product to knock the imitator off or should I just ignore it and move on to the next product as I feel that the imitator may, may actually patent his or hers first and knock me off instead. Thank you. Hey, Willie from Singapore. Wow, man. Number one, it's awesome that you're calling from or your voicemail is from Singapore. That's crazy. That's awesome. And uh, the other thing is 100 units a day, man. Congratulations to you. That is phenomenal. Uh, that's really, really exciting. Uh, now, to answer your question, which I think I understand, is that you have a really hot selling product, and now you have a competitor that has the same product just with their logo on it. Well, welcome to private labeling. That's pretty much what's going to happen if you have a product that you are just private labeling that doesn't have any custom features in it to, to you. Now, that would be my question. Is this something that you created? Is this something that you had manufactured? Did you have a, a custom mold made? Or is this just something that you found with the basic box, you know, with the basic packaging, and then you just put your logo on it. If that's the case, there's nothing wrong with doing that. And that's the problem that people are starting to see is that how do you separate yourself from people that are going to do that exact same thing? And really, my advice on that would be to, number one, have better customer service. A lot of people don't value that, but it's really, really big. Um, Try to have useful resources for these people. Again, so this way here you can connect with those people and, and give them more of an education uh, as far as how to use the product. And then the other thing would be to try to add an accessory with it so that way there it totally separates the two. Now, you mentioned that you possibly wouldn't want to have this patented. Well, you'd have to look into that. I'm not sure if it can be patented. It might already be patented for all you know unless you've done your research and, and, you've, and you've kind of seen that. But if I mean, I'm thinking that it's probably just a private label, you know, supplier that is allowing other people to sell this product. Now, you would have to then create your own custom packaging, maybe. Maybe that's one easy solution. Maybe change the color of the box, you know, completely, or the packaging, or design of it. Maybe instead of it being a square box, it's a, you know, I don't know, triangle, or, you know, not triangle, or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, make it a different shape, um, you know, make it a different look, a different feel. Um, that way there, you know, if they're using this exact same pictures of yours, then my question would be, well, how did they get their logo? on it. If they're doing a Photoshop deal, well, then they kind of swiped your image. Um, well, then you can send in something to, you know, Amazon and say that, you know, they're, I guess, copywriting your trademark thing or whatever, if it's trademarked. I, I don't know if I'd go down that road, but what I, I guess what I'm saying is I would really need to know if this was your unique product that you had manufactured to your specs, or is it something that you just private labeled like everyone else? And if it is, then there's not a whole heck that you're going to, a whole heck of a lot you're going to do um, with that unless you're just going to, again, change the packaging to make it look different color-wise, shape-wise, something like that. As far as them patenting it, I mean, they would run down the same road that you would, you know, whether it could be or not. And then you'd have to contact an attorney to see if it was possible. I probably, I mean, I don't know how, if they're going to take all of your sales, they're taking some, but I don't think they're going to take all of them. I would probably start looking at product number two and how I could then marry those two together so one helps promote the other. Because obviously, if you have 100 sales a day or even 70 sales a day, you've got a nice little you know, product there that's getting a lot of traffic to that every day they could also see other products that you have by 
uh, you know, seeing the little promotions tab down below that will, you can plug that in by adding a uh, promotion inside of your listing. So that would be my advice on that. Uh, I know it wasn't direct advice again, cause I don't have all of the specifics, but I hope that that's helped. And I hope that that's given you some direction as to where you should move. That's what I would personally be looking at and what I would be, you know, thinking about. So, uh, yeah, so I, I hope that that's answered. And hey, thanks so much for that question. Um, all the way from uh, Singapore. That is, that's awesome. It's amazing. So, uh, okay, guys, that's going to pretty much wrap up this session of Ask Scott, where you get to ask any questions. If you have a question that you want featured on the show, just head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash ask, leave a voicemail there, leave your first name and a short message, and I will do my best to answer it. I really do enjoy making these podcast for you, you know, the Ask Scott session here where I actually get to feel as though I'm connecting with you more on a one-on-one basis. Now, if you do want me to answer some live Q&A, you can always head over to uh, my, I do a workshop and it's a free live workshop where I teach my five phases of actually picking a product and launching a product and promoting a product and I break down everything and I also answer live Q&A at the end and uh, you can you can register for that totally free at theamazingseller.com forward slash workshop. So that's pretty much going to wrap it up, guys. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to listen. I hope this has been helpful. Keep the questions coming and just realize too that, you know, these little obstacles that we're facing, these are there to, I guess, really the way I look at it is to really like test the people that are willing to go through these. Because if you don't go through these obstacles, if you don't have the ability or the mental strength to go through these, it's going to be hard to survive in this business or any business for that matter. And that's why I'll do my best to give you my, you know, my recommendations or my advice or any of that stuff, because I know that if you can just get through one hurdle, then you can keep the momentum going. And then once you do that, you're going to be able to overcome them in the future because you're going to learn from them. That's really how we, how we get through any business for that matter. I mean, we learn from our experiences. So if I can share them with you or share other people's, I mean, that's to me, that's the most rewarding thing because I'm able to get you through that hump. So thanks again for listening, guys. I really do appreciate it. Thanks for all of you that have left iTunes reviews. If you haven't, if you could do that, that would be awesome. I would really appreciate that. And guys, remember, I'm here for you. I believe in you. I'm rooting for you. I know that you can make this happen, but you have to, you have to do what? What do you have to do? Take action. All right, guys, have an amazing day. I'll see you in the next episode.